Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Welcome to episode 18 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And today we're going to go through the steps that you're going to need to take in order to prepare for E&M in 2021. Mark's going to walk you through the checklist and... We'll also put a copy of this that you can download on our podcast webpage. So you can go to prsnetwork.com forward slash 018 and you'll be able to get a copy of this checklist. But we've boiled it down to seven steps that you're going to need to make sure you have and uh, accomplish before you can really make it a smooth transition to 2021 with your with regards to E&M coding. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to, to Mark. Ray, do you want to say anything to begin with, or should we let Mark dive in? No. Uh, actually, I will say that this is uh, kind of brings back the old days when we were first going into the new system in 1992. Uh, we had a year to prep and get ready for it, and this is like a new system that you need to get ready for, although it's not totally new. All right. Yeah, it does. There's a little bit of that flavor, and and, uh, and again, not on the same grand scale, but a little bit uh, like getting ready for ICD-10, which we did a few years ago. So um, it, 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 is a, it is a big change. It is a fundamental change that's coming down the pipeline for the E&M codes. And you heard in our podcast um, last in the podcast 17, depending on when you listen to it. Um, but uh, <clears throat> the changes that are coming down the pipeline for E&M codes are going to have a big impact uh, on a few different things um, in your practice. Uh, not only uh, are is are, are these changes um, going to be something that you need to learn just so you can pick the right code? But uh, the values that were assigned to those is shifting a lot of money from surgery uh, and some of the other things that you do into the NM code. So you're really going to need to pay attention to these uh, changes from a revenue standpoint. And um, when you look at 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 what the possibilities are and the changes from a from an actual functional standpoint, you've also now got an, a tremendous opportunity to change the way the office flow works so that you can actually potentially streamline the way the patients are coming through the practice, make it a better patient experience, um, and make it a better experience for you because we're getting rid of some of the administrivia and click box stuff that we had to do. Um, uh, so uh, we, we do think um, that uh, this this change is going to be a good one overall, uh, but as with any change, you need to prepare for it, and 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 therefore it's not going to be just a click button, easy to move around. So uh, you do want to you do want to pre prepare for it, and uh, once again we will uh, provide you some opportunities to prepare. Uh, we do have uh, now set up. Um, on our website, uh, three, uh, no, four upcoming webinars 
um, to get you started in the preparation and um, ultimately included with each one of those is going to be uh, some some handout information, updated pocket cards and wall charts, uh, a few other things that uh, Scott has up his sleeve to 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 help you uh, in in getting ready and and actually maybe survive every single day. Uh, it was a little swag bag he's calling it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, <clears throat> and then um, if uh, or no, so and then probably. Uh, a quick update uh, webinar or announcement uh, that we that will provide you at the end of the year um, with any potential changes that are out there. So, um, uh, you know, this is something that we're going to we're going to keep you up to date on and give you some practice scenarios throughout the year um, to help you uh, really uh, get ready to, to run uh, when when January one comes around. Uh, so. Uh, as, as you may remember from the last one, kind of the big changes we're coming up against is the definition of time is going to change. Um, you're no longer going to need to do the history and physical that uh, you, you used to do or have to do right now. And uh, everything is going to be based on either time or medical decision making. And they're updating the way we're going to score medical decision making. The biggest changes are in the presenting problem and the data and the data scoring that we're going to have to do. So uh, we've got all the pocket cards and wall charts kind of redesigned so that we can update those uh, going forward with you so you'll get your tools. Uh, so we, we have developed, um, I think, uh, a reasonable check checklist uh, that will be attached to this podcast that you can download, uh, and we will be providing some updates as we're going forward. Uh, to get to get you ready. So I'm just kind of run through a couple of different things. Um, number one, the PRS schedule. So uh, we will going to put we are going to put our uh, our uh, our checklist up next week. Uh, then we'll put a quick um, webinar up to really kind of go over some of the very high level stuff, the impacts. Um, that you're going to do, uh, giving you some details of what's what's coming up in the in the full three-hour webinar, and then we're going to run that webinar live um, four different times. Uh, those dates will be listed on the website. Uh, you can go there and check the times and register right away, uh, so you can get all the the information sent to you. Um, so. Um, what you can start doing, uh, in addition to checking out how to get all the training and the information from PRS, is download the checklist. Um, and, and there are some important things that you need to start. Uh, number one, um, just like we did with ICD-10, uh, you need a champion assigned in the practice. You've got to have somebody who's your go-to, your pivot point, um, that's really coordinating who's going to get training. Who, Well, first, who's, who needs training? Second, who's going to get training? What level of training do they need to get? Who needs repeat training? Um, so you need a champion, a coordinator on site. Um, next, you're going to want to update your compliance plan. You know, we've been running with the same evaluation and management code rule set for, what is it, 23 years. 1997 was the last documentation guideline change we ran up against. Um, and you know, we did have a little bit of back and forth. So you could probably say 
we've been in the current guideline set since about 1998, um, about halfway through when CMS came out saying you could use 95 or 97. Uh, but but after that, we really haven't had any big changes to the rules. We've had tweaks on how things have been interpreted that we've had to adapt to, um, but uh, we haven't had that big a change for a long time. So your compliance plan, which was probably built on making sure that new people were trained um, and that your uh, evaluation and management code reviews were occurring every six months or a year, you're going to want to, in the very beginning, as you set things up, to actually build a, uh, a little more aggressive education program into your, uh, your compliance plan. And you're going to want to update all your compliance tools for your E&M code. So you're going to want to update the compliance plan. And remember, uh, the focus of a compliance plan should be to maximize your income um, by making sure that you are charging appropriately for everything that you do. Uh, and that really includes, you know, training and making sure that you're documenting everything that you actually do. And the compliance plan should be a supplement to that, not a punitive plan that you're trying to beat everybody into submission with. It should be a, a revenue generation plan. Um, next, <clears throat> you really want to train the team. Um, that that team training is going to be very important. You may have multiple levels, and, and a lot of you have this in your offices where you have some internal champions um, that take the training, uh, and then you may want to expose even your everybody to some high-level training, but keep those internal champions to be the group that, that people circle back to um, that um, really are the ones in charge of the compliance program and the audit uh, or chart reviews and the systems that you're going to do that. So. Uh, make sure that you've got those people in place and well-trained. And then regardless of who your training team is, and that may not be your clinical staff for the 100%, although we do recommend you put some of your clinical staff on your training team uh, to then train the team, you want to go back and update your processes and how you're doing your, your patients, um, how you're collecting information from your patients, how they're moving through the office. You, know, you no longer have to have that full – uh, history and physical examination uh, for every single patient. So what what does that do to your patient encounter? Uh, you're probably still going to need to pick up vitals based on um, the MIPS program. Uh, and you and you do want to um, ask some questions about smoking cessation and alcohol and 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 those types of things. But you all you need is a medically relevant history. So, um, that may change how what what your forms look like, and ultimately who asks them. You may not have to get forms up front. Maybe you choose to have that done by your MA setting things up in the office, um, or you actually still have that stuff coming through the portal, but you shorten those templates up so that you can get your patients moving through the practice a little bit faster. Talk to your clinical staff about what they're going to do about their new physical exam. Um, they, they don't have to do the same level physical exam anymore. You can really go to a problem-focused exam. So um, that could make things a little bit easier. But think So don't think just about your EHR, although that's the next point that you really do need to think about, is how your EMR templates are going to be there. Are your, is your EMR vendor going to 
update everything? Are they going to update the calculator and the forms or just the forms? Um, you do want to know that you've got some time for your champions to test it and then uh, some time to help train your staff. So um, check with your EHR vendor, but then go back and double check with your um, clinical staff and see what can you do to the office flow to make it better. Um, then the next group you want to step in with is take a look at where the RVUs are going to come out using the proposed rule and start looking at your the financial impact of what's going to happen. Um, this may not be something that you do right away, but it does. It is something that we recommend you look at um, for the beginning of the year. Um, and part of this is going to require some knowledge as to, you know, are a number of your codes going to move down from a four or a three or encounters going to move down from a four to a three? Um, are some going to move up from a three to a four and maybe some more fives? based on the way that your practice uh, functions. So um, those are things that you want to get in place. And then finally, um, incorporating into the compliance program where you have your review set and your little more aggressive training, you need to actually come back around and set up your schedules for your, um, you know, as, as all things work, train, test, retrain, retest, um, that program schedule needs to be outlined as you're moving forward. Um, so that's kind of that setup that we're, that, we're, that we're recommending, that you start building those things, look towards those things, join us in our training sessions coming up, uh, and we'll address these with maybe a little more detail and assistance. And certainly when we get to the webinars, um, we're going to be doing some in-depth dive on how to use these new guidelines uh, to the to actually maximize the patient encounter uh, and, as always, medically appropriate uh, re reporting of reimbursement for reimbursement. Excellent. All right. So I think uh, let me let me just recap the steps just in uh, num numerical format or just in order. Uh, number one, pick a champion. You know, mm -hmm. really really find somebody to place the monkey on their back and make sure that uh, you have that champion identified. Number two, update your compliance plan. Number three, make sure you get your team trained. Identify who needs training and get them trained. And uh, as Mark mentioned, we do that. That's one of the things that uh, the E&M live training is all about. So, you know, all this, we'll cover all this, but, uh, you know, we can, we can help you with that. We've, you know, identified how to get from uh, – Point A to to point E and M, you know. So uh, so yes, we we've done that. We understand that. We can help you with that. Number four, update your processes. Again, we we can help suggest on. We'll suggest how to do that on the the live webinar. But uh, you need to do that. Number five, your EHR. Make sure your templates are updated, tested. You got your people trained. Number six, estimate the financial impact. And number seven, schedule ongoing training and review. So those are the seven uh, steps of the checklist. Anything else to add to that? Yes, I'd like to add a couple of things. Number one, to reemphasize uh, what Mark uh, emphasized in the, the previous podcast, is that even though this is the interim or proposed rule, we're fairly comfortable that 
the rules we're looking at now for ENM are going to be the final rules you're going to be working with in 2021. The only caveat is there could be some minor tweaks which will be covered in a seminar in December. Uh, number two is this is truly sort of back to the future. In other words, back before the, the current documentation guidelines, we took care of patients and our documentation was really what was medically necessary. It was what we did and what we documented. What a novel idea. <laughs> Medical necessity taking care of patients. And that's what we'll be doing with the documentation and the requirements in the future, with one caveat. They are having more detailed identification of your medical decision-making. This is where you're really going to have to pay attention to the detail. And this is where Mark has got laid out a number of scenarios to help you and with the new pocket card and wall chart, I think that uh, we can make this transition easy. Great. Very good. Yeah, well, we certainly look forward to having you join us, um, if you can, with the evaluation and management training. And, uh, and certainly, uh, we'll be uh, watching as Medicare and the various uh, entities that pay bills uh, try and uh, uh, adapt to all the new guidelines with new with new uh, audit sheets and everything else. So um, keep keep uh, keep trucking on and and uh, and we'll look forward to seeing you again real soon. Excellent. All right, we will wrap this one up. And uh, remember, we're we're here to help you out. And please check out our webpage, brsnetwork.com forward slash zero one eight for the 18th episode. And you'll have all this information, the checklist and information on how to sign up for uh, the webinars on, on that page. So until next time, happy coding. Thank you for listening to the urology coding and reimbursement podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency. So there's time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music under his record label, The Juicery, with extra pulp and special guests.